0: Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, where every week we talk about how technology is transforming the creative industries. Today on the program, we talk about how the beauty industry is being revolutionized through new innovations. Our senior editor and beauty expert, Johan Magnusson, breaks down the top three beauty innovation trends right now. We're going to learn about the latest within virtual tools, biotech, material innovation, and more. I'm Conrad Olson, Editor-in-Chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with my dear colleagues, Erik Sedin, and back on the program, Johan Magnusson, our Senior Digital Editor and Resident Beauty Expert. Johan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having
1: me. Finally back, and finally beauty and beauty tech. It's the best day of the year.
0: Best day of the year. All right, guys, let's just dive into it. I thought this has been you know, a super interesting and important show to make because we have several projects in the work with regards to uh, what's happening in the beauty industry, uh, specifically beauty innovation. So I wanted to kind of take the temperature of where we are at right now. Um, and you know, who better to do it than our own Johan Magnusson. Uh, this is, uh, it's going to be a show where I think me and Eric will learn, uh, more than ever, but it's also going to be a way to, um, sort of repurpose some of the stories that we, you know, continuously, uh, write and publish on Mind.com. It's an area obviously very adjacent to the fashion industry, which we cover a lot, uh, and uh, it's playing a big part in, in the lifestyle industry at large. So let's just get right into it, Yuan. Uh Number one, you want to talk about virtual tools. Uh, set this up for us.
1: Yeah, so uh, of course, the development in beauty tech uh, has gone from... Um, uh, we will later later on talk about uh, things like material innovations, and it's, of course, uh, immensely important. But now what's become sort of like the bread and butter uh, if you're into the industry, uh, is, is uh, this um, are these new technologies uh, uh, using uh, AI, AR, and the uh, so-called virtual try-ons uh, to add a value for the end consumer and to, to show that you're uh, at the forefront uh, as a brand?
0: Right, and and I mean, I guess one way to look at it is the beauty industry it's intuitively maybe not uh, co- you know associated with virtual tools because it's so it's so connected to you know your physical being and your, the physical look and your skin and hair and everything but so how is new te- like you know these type of virtual technologies informing the beauty industry so
1: uh, obviously uh, one natural step uh, if we talk about uh, virtual try-ons uh, is uh, for makeup to find the right uh, shade uh, uh, and uh, what uh, palette to buy uh, for your next uh, makeup uh, purchase, so uh, it's uh, quite easy actually. Uh, it's uh, e- e- almost, uh, it's also like uh, quite easy to, to imagine what it is. It's, uh, of course, uh, uh, the biggest brands, they've b- uh, been using this for quite a while. Uh, they, they have huge uh, they made huge investments um, uh, to to be at the forefront and uh, they, they have uh, partnered with um, uh, startups and uh, maybe their in-house uh, tech department to to develop those um, those tools that uh, that help you find uh, yeah the right uh, the next uh, makeup shade so to say
0: so just to be super clear about what this is, this is a digital tools. So, for instance, your phone, where you can upload a pic- picture of yourself, or, or use the camera to, uh, you know, show yourself and and, and find, uh, you know, your skin tone, uh, the various products that will uh, affect or, or or be perfect for your skin tone. Is that is that a way to to explain it?
1: Yeah. So, for instance, if you're curious about uh, a new brand. Uh, if you if if you've been using uh, the same makeup brand for say a few years you obviously know uh, which uh, which color or which shade to buy but if you're uh, trying out a new brand uh, and there are tons of them launching uh, every year because uh, the industry is growing so fast uh, then uh, uh, this can help you to find the right shade for your concealer or your um, uh, lipstick or yeah
2: I was gonna ask, do you do you have any experience of uh, maybe from yourself or of someone telling you? Do you know if it actually works that good? Like, and I would imagine maybe like a selfie camera or an iPhone camera maybe wouldn't do that good of a job. But I don't know, maybe it actually does. Uh, I haven't,
1: I haven't tried it, and I uh, have actually not asked my like uh, industry colleagues uh, uh, how well it works. What I what I have heard is that uh, the tools are now quite good, uh, also for like. Uh, uh, mobile selfies uh to 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 help you find the right uh, the right product and uh, it's of course getting more and more advanced and um, uh, easier to use and it's also a great way for uh, e-tailers like uh, web shops because they obviously carry carry a lot of different brands uh, so um, then uh, then they can uh, use the same tool for many different brands
2: I actually just realized, I actually wrote a little beauty piece once on the site. I rarely do, but I think I did a CES, you know, the tech fair in Las Vegas. I think Yves Saint Laurent, YSL, I'm going to say YSL because yeah. I can't do the French. I think they had like a lipstick uh, robot or whatever, small one, probably the size of a Coke can or something. So you could take a picture of your outfit and you could scan what kind of a red shade your outfit would have. And then you would print a lipstick to match that exact. I'm guessing AI can also be used for more than just the skin and the face and also taking pictures of other stuff.
1: Yeah, sure. And uh, it was a great piece, by the way. Uh, and uh, uh, <laughs> as mentioned, it's uh, fascinating uh, how, how well it works because uh, for such a new uh, new and novel uh, technology, uh, it's only been around for a few years. And uh, yeah, it's kind of impressive. And of course, the development is uh, quite, quite rapid. And also for physical physical retail uh, it's uh, it's a great tool so uh, for instance here in the, in the nordics uh, we have uh, retailers working with it in store as well to to uh, help the, because of course the staff members they can't help uh, all the, all the customers at the same time, if it's a, a bigger store. So then they can uh, use uh, certain uh, machines uh, to, to uh, help the, the, the customer uh, and uh, to become like a, an extension of the physical staff uh, management.
0: So let's talk about examples, because this is not only something happening on the global scale. We, all, we also have some Nordic examples, right? Yeah, so uh,
1: before the summer, we covered uh, Revive, a uh, leading um, uh, Finnish uh, uh, beauty tech startup. They they used to call themselves uh, Finland's only beauty tech startup. Now I've come around a, a few more of them. So, but yeah. uh, of course they are the leading one, and they partnered with uh, Kix which is a leading uh, Nordic beauty retailer, and they they use this uh, or they they offer this uh, tool uh, in store uh, in uh, Kicks uh, flagship store uh, to help um, uh, the, the consumers uh, when when entering the store. So it's not uh, only like uh, a project in the making, but it's uh, actually hap- happening as we speak.
0: Okay, this is super fascinating. I, I would imagine uh, not knowing the the ins and outs of the industry, but what are the positive ramifications down the line with this? Because you know, I, I just from living with uh, you know a wife and daughters for the past uh, a couple of decades or so i just see how many products that are flowing you know into the 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 the, the beauty cabinet uh, and i would imagine using ar tools and and ar you know ai tools uh could it have a positive benefit in sort of making the products you buy more exact because you know finding the right product and using it uh, it's going to be a huge effect on sustainability right
1: yeah sure so of course for uh, all the uh, all the actors and players uh, w- within retail uh, and especially like uh, web shops uh, they have uh, of course huge problems with the uh, returns um, mm. we can have our own episode about uh, the fashion uh, web shops and retailers and uh, their problems with returns but also of mm. course uh, within beauty like uh, if you if you don't if, maybe you you click on uh, like three different shades and then you return two of them so then uh, obviously it can help if you if you have a virtual tool uh, t- helping you to find a more exact uh, shade and also there there have been reports that uh, uh, these tools can also help uh, uh, but that's more like within a few years uh, can also help to reduce the stock for um, for retailers so that uh, it can be more accurate and um, uh, more precise uh, obviously and uh, that they don't have to stock that many products.
0: All right, exciting stuff. So let's move on to the next trend we've defined here, and that is the developments within biotech. Uh, You know, this is a lot happening on this area, uh, but can you define biotech for us to begin with, Yuan?
1: So uh, when you develop uh, ingredients and uh, formulations, uh, you've used, um, yeah, Mother Nature for quite a while. We've of course seen Mm -hmm. a huge rise for natural beauty, and after natural beauty, uh, it's been uh, clean beauty, uh, especially in the U.S., but also here in Europe. And um, uh, clean beauty is a very, um, uh, it's a very controversial term because uh, no, no one has uh, actually defined what it means. Uh, but uh, you, you can say that clean beauty is, the, is our version or the U.S. version
0: of natural beauty, so to say. So the next big well, basically about using less ingredients and that sort of thing right
1: Yeah it's a, it's a different uh, way of describing it uh, the, uh, depending on who you ask but uh, yeah that's hmm. uh, one of the more common uh, way of using it yeah So the next big step is uh, biotech so we have used uh, the rainforests uh, we have used the desert uh, we have uh, partly used uh, our oceans to find our uh, next uh, Uh, beauty ingredients and uh, what I see now when I travel and when I interview uh, the brand representatives they look into the ocean so um, um, it's uh, of course fascinating uh, those uh, I don't know if you can call it animals but uh, those living organisms uh, living um, uh, which we haven't yet discovered many of them uh, like in the oceans and uh, their way of uh, surviving despite uh, the lack of the sunlight of course so now the beauty industry uh, uh, within the last few years they've uh, uh, tried to um, t- try to make use of this and uh, to see if uh, because obviously uh, they can have um, uh, great properties um, uh, from surviving in those harsh harsh uh, environments and uh, hopefully that's the beauty beauty industry's hope at least uh, we can also benefit from it.
2: So, okay, interesting. So, in in these uh, in the depths of the oceans, what are some of the innovations and stuff that the brands are finding and are developing?
1: So, um, one of the one of the first uh, was in the fifties when the uh, Biotime, uh discovered uh, live plankton, uh, which they still use. They of course developed. Um, the, um, the formulas and uh, the, the products um, over the years. But um, uh, I would say that they were the, the first, uh, if, if not the very first. And then in the 90s, we saw small developments. And now uh, it's been um, a, a rising trend for like, say, uh, the last five or 10 years. But also it's, it's a bit complicating because when you're, uh, when you're interviewing uh, representatives, uh, they're very secretful. Uh, about their findings uh, because obviously um, uh, they they are uh, it might be a patent pending or it might be ingredients um, that they they want to file a patent on uh, later on so um, if the product is not yet launched uh, then um, th- they will only um, speak about it in uh, sort of describing terms and not uh, not the actual product so but um, yeah, I've interviewed uh, a bunch of um, representatives um, who are currently uh, digging into the water, so to say.
0: I mean, super fascinating. One of the stories, actually, the interview you did with, uh, I think it was Bi- Biotiram on the, on the life plankton uh, topic, uh, the, one of the, the numbers we picked up here is that we've only discovered 5% of the ocean, and it represents 70, 70% of our planet. Uh, so I, think, I bet their hope is that this is kind of a, really an untapped source of uh, new technologies and, and new uh, you know, ingredients and, and they, they, they can become new formulas, right?
1: Yeah, and also uh, it's interesting when you mention one of the bigger brands because uh, this, of course, demands uh, a, a lot of resources uh, to, mm. to uh, inis- initiate uh, such research because it's, uh, of course, very expensive. And that, that's also probably uh, one of the reasons why... Uh, We've only discovered uh, so li- little of it, but then, of course, the potential is huge.
0: Yeah. And typically, I mean, what many people who are talking about this is, uh, you know, something out of a necessity in terms of sustainability. So can you give some context to, you know, what the industry is doing from a sustainability standpoint or what, what some of the key issues are and, and why this plays such a big role?
1: Yeah, so if we look at uh, biotech, uh, right before the summer, I interviewed uh, a Swedish entrepreneur. His name is uh, David Ku Jalmason. and he's been into biotech uh, in Asia. uh, And uh, good to know here is, of course, that Asia is uh, uh, leading the trends all over skincare and beauty, and they're way ahead of uh, both Europe and the US. So uh, he's uh, now founded his own skincare brand. Uh, He's even found his own certification. And his point of view was that um, uh, um, that uh, uh, we, we tend to look at uh, sort of natural skincare uh, as more sustainable, and uh, it, uh, it it in many cases it's uh, rather the opposite uh, because it demands uh, a lot of resources to to sort of extract the the molecules from okay. natural skincare, uh, while uh, the lab grown or sort of uh, so to say, uh, synthetical um, uh, ingredients and molecules—they uh, th- uh, come from a lab, obviously, and uh, of course it takes resources. But it's not fair to say that natural skincare is um, uh, like uh, atom- automatically more sustainable. Uh, so in many cases, it might be the opposite. And also, if we look at the bigger picture, uh, of course, uh, just like in the fashion industry, uh, which we cover a lot here at the platform, uh, the production uh, in, in, um, in the fashion industry, it's called the PR1. Uh, it's, uh, it stands for a lot of um, the, the way of reducing uh, uh, emissions and the uh, carbon footprint from the beauty industry. Uh, Would be uh, to um, to lower the impact of uh, the production uh, and also the packaging uh, and um, before it uh, it reaches the the store or the end consumer.
0: So you mentioned Asia, but there are things happening on the Nordic uh, in the Nordic market as well. Uh, you uh, David Koo his brand is called Tiny Associates. If I'm right, uh, there's also stuff happening over at uh, Lilla Brüket. Uh, can you mention something more about what's happening in the Nordic space?
1: Yeah, so uh, we, we tend to be um, uh, quite quite fast on the trend. So uh, that's why uh, probably uh, the global brands, they, they look at the Nordics uh, for, for bi- biotech uh, as sort of like a, a testing market, I would say. Uh, I'm not sure, but I can assume that this is the case. Uh, and also um, when you meet brands here, here in the Nordics, a lot of them uh, who, who um, have established themselves uh, uh, as a uh, sort of natural skincare brand, take uh, Lila Bruket, for example. They are a great example of uh, now looking into biotech because they have also realized that uh, biotech is the way going forward. We will have a huge demand for natural skincare. The natural skincare is still growing and it will probably continue to grow, but uh, it doesn't have to be uh, an opposite between natural skincare and biotech. Uh, they can go hand in hand. So for instance, Villabruket's Bruket's uh, latest launch, they, it merges uh, natural skincare with Biotech. So they've taken uh, the best ingredients uh, from the Nordic uh, nature, just uh, as they've done before, and uh, which have uh, made them sort of like a global brand. But they've now also added Biotech uh, into the formulation. And I think it's one of the most interesting launches of the year, I would say.
0: I think it's it's super interesting. It's going to be interesting to to watch how this affects branding and the storytelling around beauty products because, you know, you can you know easily understand why words like natural. Uh, Works in a beauty context. If you you think of it as something pure, it it's it, you know it's it's kind of the opposite of pollution, the opposite of of uh, you know dirt and all these things. And you know if you, if you talk about beauty, you want to be associated with something that's you know natural and and uh, you know environmentally friendly. Uh, whereas beauty tech, you know, technology is a you know pretty hard word. Um, and definitely something that's not associated with, you know, something you want to think about when you're putting th- things on your skin. Have you seen any examples, this is just a, a question off the bat, any example where biotech or technology is, is put on the forefront of the branding or the storytelling around these products? You know, Ilila Brook is a great example of a brand that has been sort of on the forefront of natural beauty for, for several years. But uh, how does it look on the branding front?
1: Yeah, so um, uh, David's brand, uh, uh, Tiny Associates, uh, it's uh, one great example. And uh, we have seen a few, uh, and I would say perhaps uh, startups uh, who, who, uh, who have um, uh, used biotech uh, and also the mm-hmm. likes of uh, Bioterm, of course, because they've sort of established beauty, uh, biotech or blue beauty, so to say, uh, as they, their, their special thing and their specialty within beauty. But uh, maybe we're a little bit uh, uh, too early on this because uh, for the end consumer, it's still a rather new um, uh, w- a way of describing beauty. So uh, right. yeah, the, the end consumer still, um, is still attracted a lot by sort of like, so to say, uh, clean beauty. And uh, he or she uh, uh, knows what that is. So uh, uh, the, the end consumer needs to be more educated on uh, biotech before w- it gets more established, I would say.
0: So we have to you have, to, you have to increase knowledge, definitely. It's super ex- interesting. And, and just as a note on uh, Tiny Associates, which is a very fascinating yeah, new young, young brand, brand. Yeah. Uh, the logo is actually a pixelated font, which... Just that's signaling uh, technology in ways that I I just haven't seen in the beauty industry before. A pixelated font uh, very much on the opposite spectrum of, uh, you know, what's natural.
1: I want to add one more thing. And uh, uh, what what I find uh, very problematic and what makes my industry colleagues and also the industry uh, finding uh, sort of clean beauty... Uh, so problematic uh, you mentioned it uh, briefly but uh, uh, it's this uh, thing that uh, the opposite would be dangerous for us so if it's not natural then it's uh, poisonous or uh, uh, dirty uh, while uh, especially here in the EU uh, we have very strict uh, regulations uh, for what you, what you may put into skincare. and uh, the natural beauty brands they talk a lot about not adding uh, chemicals uh, to the products But in fact, uh, water is a chemical and water stands for between 70 and 90 percent of um, almost every beauty product. So it's, uh, it's a bit of a problem to communicating it that way.
0: All right, we'll see who, uh, which brand is first to use the word chemical <laughs> in their brand name. Uh, moving on to our last trend here that we've, we want to highlight. Uh, we're going to talk about material innovations, both uh, in the actual product, but in packaging. A lot is happening in the packaging space. Obviously, packaging is a huge part of the beauty industry, a huge issue as well in terms of sustainability. Uh, uh, Yuan, tell us what's happening.
1: So uh, there are many different um, angles to put on this, but um, what we talk about a lot right now is uh, recycling and the problems here uh, uh, are many. So if we take Europe, uh, the the recycling facilities uh, are different in different countries which obviously means that uh, the, the recycling process is different in different countries. And that makes it very, very difficult for the brands uh, being uh, present on uh, different markets uh, to, to adopt the products. But uh, more and more uh, uh, is about uh, like completely recycle, recyclable products. So that, that's the thing. So, so plastic will uh, probably never disappear from the beauty industry. Uh, but uh, we, let's hope that we can reduce it. I interviewed uh, Beauty Disrupted, uh, a new Swedish startup uh, focusing on uh, solid bars uh, for um, uh, shampoo and uh, body wash. And uh, they mentioned this number that um, the, the, the annual uh, pr- production of virgin plastic uh, bottles uh, for shampoo and conditioner alone is 80 billion Oh yeah, eighty billion only for shampoo and conditioners made of virgin plastic. So it's uh, a lot of hard work to do.
0: And they are focusing on bars because obviously you don't need plastics to to preserve the product. You know the the reason we need plastics in beauty industry is to preserve the product uh, that it contains, right?
1: Yeah, and that's also uh, why it's uh, a bit of a struggle to uh, to to use uh, alternatives to plastic. Because uh, the the plastic has been around in the beauty industry, just like uh, all the other industries for many, many years. And the processes and um, the the value chain uh, is, of course, uh, established. So if you want to disrupt that uh, industry or that way of or or, or also uh, consumer behavior, then it takes a lot of resources. We do, though, have uh, a few uh, interesting alternatives also here in the Nordics. Uh, From Finland, again, we have uh, Sulapak working with the um, byproducts from the Finnish forest to to produce um uh, jars and the uh, packaging uh, for uh, and and they're obviously like a supplier so one of the first uh, partners if not the first was uh, Chanel and uh, now they've uh, partnered with a bunch of leading uh, beauty brands and uh, a few weeks ago uh, we covered uh, their partnership uh, with the Finnish uh, Lumene so, uh, and they, they will probably uh, continue their collab. And Lumine is also uh, quite interesting from another point of view, uh, speaking of recycling, because uh, this fall, they've uh, launched uh, the first, um, um, like mono uh, mono uh, product, so to say, the, the first uh, uh, pu- product with a pump uh, completely made of plastic, at least that I have seen. And uh, also my industry colleagues, they haven't seen it before. So the problem with um, with pumps uh, is that, uh, of course, in the ac- actual pump, uh, it's uh, metal. Otherwise, it has it, you haven't been able to to make the pump, and that that makes it impossible to recycle
0: exactly which is a very interesting uh, important point it's it's the same in the fashion industry so if you have clothes that are made of you know cotton and polyester it's, in, it's very much harder to recycle than if it's a purely cotton or purely polyester and, and it's the same for the for the beauty industry but but so let's go back to Sulapak and explain a little bit what it is it's made out of wood chips right it's not plastic at all
2: uh, no exactly
1: it's a uh... Yeah, it's the Finnish way of doing uh, bioplastic.
2: <laughs> they use a lot of wood in Finland.
1: Yeah, they, they do <laughs> uh, for many different uh, occasions. Yeah, and uh, it's a uh, it's it's a startup, uh, fa- fast growing startup. And um, I've seen the products, and uh, they actually look delicious and uh, quite superior. So uh, they've uh, they've done a great job, and they've been around for a few years. So the the development of the product uh, has taken uh, quite a long time so uh, it's good to see it now on the market and uh, as mentioned uh, see them partnering with a bunch of uh, leading brands
0: has there been any uh, data on how sulapak uh, preserves the product versus plastic because this is a trade-off as well I mean if the product it, it you know doesn't hold and uh, it doesn't last, I should say, uh, that becomes a sustainability issue as well. If you have to throw it away, etc. if you you, know, you have to use the products that we actually manufacture and we have to, we want the, the consumers to, to use them up, right?
1: Sure. I haven't seen any data, mm. but of course uh, we speak here about the cosmetic products. So it's not the same regulations as medical products. Mm. So that's a big difference. But uh, of course, again, the regulations in the EU and also the, 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 how big their partnering brands are, uh, those brands would never risk their reputation to put, on, to put out an unsafe product or not, not safe product on the market. So uh, I'm completely sure that it's a perfectly fine product to use.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on on the regulation side in the EU with regards to uh, recycling. And this is something we'll cover extensively in in the the months and and year to come, I think. Um, uh, Is there anything we'd like to add? We're going to wrap up soon in terms of uh, new material innovations. We've talked about packaging, but uh, are there other stuff happening that we want to bring forth?
1: So uh, what I, if we take a future perspective, mm. what I find uh, especially fascinating now is um, uh, how science is um, in, more and more uh, being merged together with beauty. So for instance, we've now seen uh, uh, launches uh, using ne- Never science, uh to help science um, to help find the, the, the next uh, beauty product or your favorite fragrance. Uh, and also, um, speaking of packaging, uh, I think that uh, three, 3D printing has huge potential. We have seen a Swedish startup uh, very successful and awarding, award-winning uh, called Allure, Okay. Uh, which has already entered the uh, the market, and uh, uh, they have a really bright future. And um, it's uh, fascinating to follow them on uh, LinkedIn. And I do recommend to to read the story uh, about it on scandavianmind.com, published uh, before the summer.
0: Yeah, let, let's describe uh, we- what they do. They they are three D printing uh, lipstick, right?
1: Yeah, to to begin with, but uh, I assume that this is only the beginning. And what's uh, quite fascinating is that they're both B two B and B two C. Mm. So they they are uh, offering their products for end consumers, um, but also uh, to to partner with um, as a supplier for other brands in order to, of course, reduce their impact.
0: Yeah, it's super cool. I've seen it uh, done. I uh, made a lipstick for my wife. It just. Uh, 3d printed right in front of me it was uh you know really quite a quite a sight to see how long how long
2: did it take to for it to be finished
0: i can't remember like 10 minutes something like that uh maybe you want you remember oh, i had to wait cool.
2: a little bit but but uh there's a
0: really interesting you know contraption device lab oriented with tubes and stuff obviously they had different colors and color shades they could uh, a print and and i don 't know what the material was, but uh, you could see it right in front of you like a 3d printer with, with different colored tubes that that's basically the experience
1: and also when it comes to 3d printing of course one of the benefits is also that they're uh, as far as i com- as I'm concerned uh, they're mainly using uh, like renewable uh, like uh, re- um, materials, hmm. so it's not only that uh, the actual production can reduce uh, the impact, but also, of course, the use of materials.
0: Super fascinating. Just to end with you, one: Is there anything from a personal perspective, or or, or uh, uh, just a thought that you would like to see more of, or or something that you are personally most excited about in in, in this uh, beauty innovation space? Uh,
1: I would like uh, for, as mentioned, like. Um, uh, the natural beauty and uh, the biotech to to come uh, to to work uh, better together mm. because it's not an opposite, uh, and they shouldn't be so enemies or competitors, but if they uh, work together, we can together uh, make uh, better progress and also from a personal point of view, I made an interview we've we've been we've not been that good in covering hair care and uh, the hair trends. But this week we published uh, a really good feature with uh, Anna-Malin Hallberg from uh, leading uh, Scandinavian hair care and hairstyle brand, uh, Maria Nila. so it's uh, from our Voices format. And um, we had a great time uh, at their factory in Helsingborg in southern Sweden. And uh, she shared uh, a lot of insights from the current state of hair care and uh, the future of ingredients uh, and also quite fascinating. Uh, She was one of the few who was actually open with the the fact that it is a problem for the beauty industry that uh, TikTok and other other platforms uh, are uh, like, um, it's only going faster and faster with the beauty trends uh one week uh, from another the, the the makeup trend can be completely different or the beauty trend but uh, in fact for the beauty, beauty brands it takes um, yeah at least half a year one year uh, it's not it's not rare that it takes two years from the initial idea to the product especially if you want to certify it so Maria and Hila, they use they use a lot of certifications so then it of course takes, uh, even longer time. So uh, Anna Molin uh, she was very open to the fact that uh, it is a problem that is also very hard to solve for the beauty industry, that the trends are uh, moving faster and faster, while the development of the product, for obvious reasons, can't go faster and faster.
0: Well, how TikTok is affecting the beauty industry, that sounds like a rabbit hole to talk about uh, in a different episode. Yuan, thank you so I'll much for back. sharing your insights. And again, uh, this is just the start of uh, a new focus on Scandinavian Mind on beauty innovation. Uh, thank, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, let's just wrap up and look at uh, some of the things that are happening in the week to come and uh, just promote some of the stories that are up uh, on in Mind com. Uh, just a note that on uh, Thursday next week, the new factory of RenewCell, the Swedish uh, uh, recycling startup innovator that are recycling cotton, they're opening their new factory in uh, uh, Sundsvall, uh, uh, north of Sweden. And I'm going to be there, so I'm sure we're going to get back to covering covering that. But uh, Erik, is there anything else we should promote uh, online right now?
2: Actually there's one thing outside of our uh, outside of our own platform that I've been looking at this week. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about Foot District, the Barcelona based uh, online no. store. Yep. I follow them on Instagram just to get the latest sneaker review and stuff. They've actually done a they have an avatar contest. You can go on their website and you can use their whole website to design your avatar, like a really cool avatar, you know. You can choose the brands and choose every jacket. I think they 3D scanned everything and then you can send in screenshots of your avatar and you can win like prizes like oh then you can purchase the real clothes then the uh, the physical twins on their website so i've been sitting all night making outfits sending in screenshots trying to win and i was going to the more I tried, I was thinking about hoping writing something about it or at least talking about it on the next podcast because it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, let's circle back to that. Also, I wanted to promote uh, our cover story this week was from Riga uh, Fashion Week. I I think uh, our uh, contributor Oliver Dale did a great job at uh, kind of analyzing uh, what's happening in uh, the lesser-known fashion weeks of Europe, and we were the only uh, uh, Scandinavian media uh, present out there. So. <laughs> Uh, have a look at that. Guys, uh, this has been great. Uh, uh, please follow us on Instagram. TikTok is growing. Uh, great job, Eric Sadin, on, on growing our TikTok uh, following and engagement uh, and discussions uh, we've seen. Uh, also, don't forget to sign up to our newsletter. Visit scannevermind.com slash newsletter. Uh, see you next week. Thank you.
2: See you. See
1: yeah. you.